0: Um, that single hole. Um, and then testing it like five different times from a single hole. That's actually a tip from Harry Sue. Um, just reusing that same hole over and over.
1: Oh, I've been doing that for ten years. <laughs> up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of That Reload Podcast. I am joined today by the entire crew. I am your host, Joel. Sitting next to me is the booge, the man, the resident cook, Jeremy, the kitchen whitelaw. Meh. Across the table is the pit master and producer, the man that tickles all the clips, Mr. Matt Farr. Levels, levels. And the backbone of the show, to my right, the sweet and sassy, sometimes salty, Miss Stacy. Hey, guys. So we got a great show For you guys today, Uh, we're going to be talking brisket, all things brisket. But first, we got a nice pour of a brand new whiskey that Jeremy has brought over uh, to all of us to try that um, just so happens one of our buddies has the same exact whiskey and
0: we're Because gonna, it
2: actually came from Oregon. It actually right? came. Yep, yep. yep. This
0: one is out of Oregon. So we are going to be. Uh, uh, and there is a really cool story behind it. And our friend um, and friend of the podcast, Noah mm. Cheek, has been to this distillery before. And he saw their whole opening event and stuff. So we want to get the full story. And we want to annoy him and make fun of him a little bit. So. I think we need to give him a call. Let's I actually get your just, nose out of that glass. All I just right, sniffed sorry.
2: my microphone instead of the glass. <laughs> <laughs> I did, leaned up and how, went.
0: How did it smell? Did it smell good? <laughs> I
2: couldn't smell anything. Smell smelled
0: a little
1: morning breathy. I of. just
0: poured oh, these. I, I, I just poured us a little so they could they could breathe. Uh, so let's call Cheeky in here and uh, we want right. to get the lowdown. Let's get the Cheek on this sourdough whiskey. Ooh.
3: Reload, rub, and seasoning customer service. How can I help you? Oh, <laughs> hey, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm having some trouble with some bottles I ordered. Um yeah, you so help me with that? There was
3: some pubic hair in there. What was that about? <laughs> yeah, it's
0: so weird.
1: Wow.
3: What's up? What's, up, What's up, man? That only happens Ow. half the time. God. I wasn't expecting to talk about Joel's pubic hair at eight in the morning on a Sunday.
1: Don't complain, or you you get the never mind.
3: So, anyways,
0: <laughs> all right, cheeky. We have this westward American single malt whiskey sourdough whiskey using the starter from Ken Forkish, the bread god himself, sitting in front of us, and you did a tour of this distillery. And we would love to hear about that as we try it for the first time.
3: Yeah. And, uh, I'm excited because I just got a super dirty look for, uh, giving myself a pour of it here <laughs> as well. At 8 a.m. <laughs> At 8 a.m.
2: I mean, you've got to be in it to actually be able to talk about
3: it. That's yeah. right. And well, it's- yeah. I mean, I, so I, I did, we did get a little bit of a sample when, um, I went to go pick it up, but I I had a, I bought a bottle as well. And I haven't opened it yet. I just opened it now waiting for you guys to call. So
4: look at this. This is all a first A
3: fresh crack. Yes. So what do you get on the
4: nose on it? Noah.
3: Oh, geez. I'm not even there yet. (laughs) I I thought you wanted to hear about the distillery. Yeah. You're skipping ahead. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) All right. Tell us about the tour. So it's it's super cool. We didn't get a super in depth tour of it because of all the you know COVID regulations and whatnot, but um, it's cool. Everything's distilled and bottled here in Portland. Um, so they've got a big distillery down there. They do some other brands, but I think Westward is the is the biggest brand that they do. It's all single malt, which is interesting, and it's it's not a bourbon. It is a whiskey. Whiskey. Um, they, uh, a lot of what they do, their specialty stuff, it seems like they mess around with a lot of like finishing, um, finishing products. So they do like a Pinot Noir barrel finished
4: fancy. whiskey.
3: Ooh,
1: that is fancy, fancy. Um, nice.
3: they partnered with a local, uh, brewery that was aging some of their stouts in bourbon barrels and then they finished it in the stout barrel. Uh, um, so yeah, they, they're doing some creative stuff. Which is cool, and then obviously this uh, has—I uh, I know two two pretty big fan girls of Ken Forkish here, so <laughs> the biggest fan girls. <laughs> <laughs> so this was kind of cool. Have you guys talked about other other than the relationship with Forkish? Have you talked about this specific whiskey at all yet? Nope. Nope. Um so you know, look a little bit of background. Yeah. You guys want that? Let's go. Um yeah, so the uh the master distiller, we met the main distiller. I'm not sure. I, I guess he hasn't gotten the title master distiller yet. I don't know if that's like a regulated term or whatnot, but his name was Miles. Um and he was super cool. Uh, walked us through kind of the process of how they did all this but they basically partnered with uh, forkish they got some of his sourdough starter they did they added that to their mash bill they fermented it for 13 days he said they tried it after 13 days and it was the worst tasting thing he's ever tried wow. <laughs> really uh, yeah he said it was just it was awful it was like the trickiest fermentation process that they have gone through yet but they just like hung in there uh they threw it in a barrel for three years so it is a little bit of a younger whiskey um and then at the at the end of the the aging process they ended up being pretty happy with um the results of it so
1: well it smells amazing it's, it's got this really sweet scent to it
4: yeah we were kind of commenting yes. before we called you know it smells like Uh, apple juice which we wondered if that's why you liked it or if if you're gonna like it because of that (laughs) because it's appley because i like apple juice because you're our resident apple expert
2: Uh. (laughs) now is westward Uh. is westward whiskey uh available here on the east coast
0: so it is because i got it
2: readily available
0: No, not readily available. Uh, <laughs> this, this was a very limited run. I had to jump through a lot of hoops to get it. Uh, Matt and I were both able to secure a bottle because we were such big Ken Forkish fans, but it is not readily available. Their so
2: westward whiskey, though, period? I mean, like, just oh, the regular bottles is what I was wondering.
1: Did you have to take yeah. a, Was it a long trip <laughs> to
3: get this? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, distribution... But the same as trip like, as my foot up your ass. <laughs> So yes, it was pretty long. <laughs> yeah.
2: No distribution. Go ahead. I, I want to hear
3: that. Sorry, man. Di- di- distribution in, in liquor stores. I I don't think they're they're out there, but they do offer shipping, and I think that's obviously going to be a state state specific. But if you just go to their website, westwardwhiskey.com, there's an option for a couple of their – Looks like that that stout cask finished, and then. Their standard just single malt. It looks like you can have that shipped.
2: Awesome.
1: Yeah. So, All right. Let's try the stuff. Uh, I'm tired of I'm tired yeah. of of sniffing it. Of so. nose-fucking it. Yes,
0: I wasn't going to do <laughs> it because
2: I don't want to make that. <laughs> bad. I've got something to say. So like when we first cracked it open, it had like like I said, I, I said, okay, it smell it smells like apple juice, but I'm getting some caramel notes now.
0: Yeah, yeah cheeky. Uh, what kind of barrels was this uh, aged in? Was it like a charred oak barrel like uh, bourbon is, or?
3: My understanding is that yes, it was just it was like a neutral charred charred oak.
0: Okay, yeah, because usually a lot of the color from whiskey comes from that charring of the barrel and stuff, and gives it that caramely note.
2: And and for some of our listeners that have no idea who Ken Forkish is, can you guys just give us a quick rundown who that is?
4: Let's taste it and then let's talk about okay.
2: that. Okay, yeah, here we go. Thank God. <laughs> Thank you, Matt.
1: Jesus, I'm ready to get started. It's bright. Whoa, that's interesting. That's very in-
2: that's unique. I like it. I love the aftertaste.
1: Matt and I were talking I earlier. Get like a- Matt, I, hang on. I know you got this like bewildered like it's really work tongue. Mm-hmm. I know so she said, "Hey, <laughs> but uh no, like there's there's something in there that's 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 unique. The aftertaste
4: is totally unique. Yeah. I've never tasted anything like this for sure
2: up up front I wasn't it was kind of like a a, a strange flavor at first and like mm-hmm. the aftertaste is so it, it honestly I I taste bready. It's bready. It it's has warm. like the
0: sourdough feel to it.
2: I like, love that.
0: Matt and I were talking there, earlier. It
3: almost has that like sour flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
1: that and that gives you kind of there's kind of a, a dryness on your tongue. Mm-hmm. Um like a sour flavor leaves.
3: Nope, not like
2: really no burn.
1: No, it's mm-hmm. smooth. That 90 proof is you know, smooth.
0: I yeah, know that it's, it's a 90 proof. I don't think we specified that.
4: Jeremy, have you ever gone too long between feeding your starters and the starter develops a little bit of what they call hooch on the top of it?
0: I've never done such a thing, but I know exactly what you're talking about because I do it all the time. I, cer- it-
3: I certainly have. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, me too. It has a similar... <laughs>
0: I don't you know, know what, this might just be my head making should, that connection. Should, we should collect that 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 that, 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 that little that little white dog on top yeah. and make, make our own whiskey out of just that. Yeah. You know? yeah. One,
1: <laughs> one, one dropper at a time. Yeah.
4: But the aftertaste kind of reminds me of what that smells like when I'm pouring it off to feed the starter. I don't know, like I said that might just be my head making that connection cuz I know what's in it, but
0: very interesting. I, I thoroughly enjoy this. Matt and I were talking earlier, and we were a little worried it wouldn't be that good being only a three-year-old whiskey, but this is, this no, is it's, very good. It's com- I'm very impressed.
1: It's complex. I'm not going to say that this is one that I would want to drink all the time, but it's something that I would, like, be in a mood for every once in a while, and wanna, And that's a really good
0: Yeah, door. this is just a special bottle. It's, it, it's a very limited release. I think, uh, Cheeky, would they do, like, 2,500 bottles or something?
3: I, I think it was even less. I think they only did three barrels— and okay. What do you What do you normally get? A couple hundred bottles out of a barrel. Maybe yeah. two hundred. Like so
0: yeah. So they yeah. might have five to seven hundred bottles of it. Yeah.
2: I feel like the yeah. flavor grows, so M- it's kind of like a yeasty flavor that after after it sits on your palate, you swallow it, and then that flavor that yeasty flavor grows at the end.
0: Yeah. The it bottle I have nice. is bottle six hundred and one. Hmm. Mm. What do you think, Noah?
3: Oh, that's cool. I have six oh four. Oh look! Oh, we're, that's awesome. that's
0: crazy,
1: y'all. Like, yeah. that's crazy. Almost the bottom, like close together or something.
0: Yeah. I think when they, sh- <laughs> when they shipped them out like that.
1: Yeah. That's
3: crazy. Um, you know, crazy. it's <laughs> Matt, Matt, it's funny. You talk about the, uh, the failed sourdough starter, which during COVID I perfected pretty well. Um, and that sour, kind of that sour taste that I was getting that that's exactly what that smell. Now that you mentioned that, mm-hmm. like, that's what, I, that's what I was getting. Because I, I, unlike you guys, I could not keep a sourdough starter alive for the life of me. <laughs> like, gun, gun to my friends and family, I would, I would not be able to keep a sourdough starter <laughs> alive.
2: Well, Noah, we wish that you lived closer because we've got a uh, nice Haltman family Meats brisket on the smoker right now. Let temp temp. We're Ooh. at one ninety five right now.
1: Ooh, we're getting that getting baby close.
3: So, is that an overnight smoke then?
1: Yeah. 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 Well, we started about uh, eight thirty last night Ice. so it's good get, it's getting there well yeah no i i don't want to talk to you anymore
3: <laughs> Wait, that's fine. I'm gonna... You're, are, are you gonna go back to bed with that uh that whiskey uh, yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish this whiskey i'm gonna brush my teeth and go back to bed awesome
1: all right <laughs> uh, hey thank you thank you for coming on man and uh absolutely breaking this pour down for us i appreciate it
3: yeah enjoy enjoy see you guys see you yeah.
1: That was awesome. Uh, this is a that's a really hold the bottle for a minute. I promise I'm not pouring more. That's a really unique. I uh, the smell,
2: mm-hmm.
1: the smell of this smell was indicative of that Dickel bo- bottle and bonded.
2: It doesn't taste anything like it smells.
1: No, it
0: doesn't. Nothing. I would say it's a very crisp, clean smell or crisp, clean taste to it. Yep. Um, and we were expecting sweet. We we just cracked this bottle, and sometimes the neck pour can be a little uh, a little hot and harsh <laughs> on the tongue, and it really wasn't. Like I, I'm excited to get further into the bottle.
2: I've got to say, for the record, thank you for allowing me to taste this, even though I have not started my sourdough. Starter. Oh yeah,
0: we. Didn't I talk know about that. Um, he just forgot. I, I, I kind of <laughs> did forget. Otherwise, I would have purposely <laughs> left you out, even though you've never. Gone into the sourdough before, and it's I been will. really disappointing. And you haven't let us have a sourdough podcast, so
2: we will. I promise, hmm. promise. So, it's next time there. we drink
4: this, we should have it with some slices of S- fresh sourdough made yes. by Stacy. Yeah, made
0: by Stacey. Oh,
2: it's a deal. That's right. <laughs> Joke's on you and guys because it'll be my first one. It probably <laughs> won't taste very good.
1: Now that we got through the neck of that pour, that you're going to come back to that, it's going to be. It'll open up a it's ton. It's going to open up a ton.
0: I'm probably going to wait at least a week before I try it again, just yeah. so it can open up a little bit there, and, uh, and I'm, I'm excited to try it.
1: Hell yeah. All right, well, let's take a break. And on the other side, we're going to be busting out the brisket, you guys. And we're going to be talking all different types of ways to eat and cook brisket. We'll see you on the other side.
2: having cheeky on now we are going to get into the meat of the podcast we're going to talk about brisket Brisket. so i know it seems like a lot of our customers have came to us and said hey we need some guidance we need some guidance on how to cook a brisket you know and there's so many questions that go to it so we're going to kind of do a rundown of that today um first to start rundown how do you buy brisket at the store at the store exchange
0: dollars for it
2: or online Or online. So we also actually. Also exchanging
0: dollars for it. Yeah.
2: We actually cooked a brisket today that we got from HaltemanFamilyMeats.com. Yep. Um, you can use code reload. That gives you a discount. Um, but anyways, what is unique about them is it comes trimmed. And. I
1: think that is the most, one of the most intimidating parts of the brisket is when, if you've never done one before, then, am I jumping ahead?
2: We'll get to that. Okay. Yeah.
1: Go
0: ahead.
2: Um So there's multiple places that you can buy a brisket, uh, Costco here.
0: I get mine generally at Costco. And, um, when you're buying them, there's a few things you want to look out for, uh, the grade of the meat, just like any beef product, uh, select choice and prime. And I would say always shoot for prime when you're getting a brisket because it's a big hunk of meat and you want that marbling in there. It's a, it's a party pleaser. It's not something you're cooking right. every Friday night. It's a, it's a long, long cook. So it's something you might as well splurge, splurge for. And at Costco, three fifty nine a pound. It's not crazy.
2: That's when it's on sale. It can be upwards, but under four dollars typically. Under four dollars,
0: yeah, three ninety nine, three seventy nine. That, that, that's where I bought it before. Um, a pound, you know. And so you're looking at sixty, seventy bucks, you know, for for one. And then how much are the Haltzman ones? Do you guys know?
2: They're a lot more expensive, but you also have so to, like one oh nine, maybe. Something it's above a hundred dollars, and of course you get a discount when you use that code. But you're also you're you're paying for just the meat; you're not paying for the fat.
4: Yeah. So and if you're
2: getting a twelve pound brisket compared to a you know thirteen or fourteen pound brisket that you have to trim three pounds of oh, fat gosh. off of crap
1: off of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's my thing. Is I I and that takes some time. I agree with Jeremy on going with the prime because I got a choice brisket once, and I ended up trimming way more. Um, off of it than, you know, uh, than this prime we just cooked.
0: So I just pulled up Halteman's um, website. They have two choices. Uh, These are USDA Prime Black Angus briskets, and we've all had their prime beef, it's better than the prime beef you just grab at Costco. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's I would That's say some of it next Dang
4: near like Wagyu quality. Yeah. it's crazy.
0: I would yeah. call it prime plus. Yeah. Uh, they have two options. They have an eight pound and they have a twelve pound. Uh, the eight pound is ninety nine dollars and the twelve pound is one hundred and forty dollars. Okay. So use code reload get fifteen percent off that and you're you're in good shape. I, it? Yeah. And so I reckon- we like
2: we literally unwrapped it from the butcher paper seasoned it and threw it on the smoker rather than you know when we buy it at costco it's a whole entire ordeal where we have to do all the trimming and stuff but uh, still don't let that intimidate you real quick
4: before we get too far away from the choice versus prime uh discussion i think it's worth mentioning that you are going to pay a little bit more for prime Yep. but like jeremy was saying this is something you're not going to do that often i think it's worth the splurge because it's a low and slow cook that extra fat content you're going to end up with a better product.
1: Yes. Whereas you may
4: you may spend some, you know, a little bit less money on a choice, but then by the time you put all the time into to trimming it and then cooking it and then it's going to dry out on you, it's not going to be as good of a final product. Just go ahead and spend the extra money on the prime. You won't regret it.
2: Yeah, I mean like when you get choice, I mean you're not as excited to eat it because it's going to be more dry. It's not going to have that nice, you know, Exactly. bold mm-hmm. flavor, you know that buttery cuz cuz When you get that prime, it is
1: buttery, rich meat. Like I said, when I was trimming up that Choice brisket, there was a lot of bullshit on it that I trimmed off that on this one up here, you know, didn't have.
4: And some of that's just in the way that it's uh, trimmed before it's given. You know, if you're getting a full packer brisket from Costco, that's straight out of the processor. You know, whereas when you're getting it from Holtman. It's already been touched by the butcher. They're already doing all that trimming, taking off the silver yes. skin, trimming down the fat cap, all that stuff for you.
1: There was just a lot on that. Like, maybe it was just the one that I had, but that it, there was just a lot. I was looking at, like, the point, and I'm going, there's no meat here. It was just mm. a giant chunk of fat. You know what I'm saying? It could have just been a
4: poor quality yeah. cut, too. I don't know that that's necessarily because it's choice, because that's referring to the amount of marbling that's in it. It's choice yeah. versus prime. Yeah. It could have, have just prim- been a bad brisket.
0: I, I I've had prime ones where I mean you're you're gonna lose I would say fifteen to twenty percent of the weight yes. when you trim it, which we'll get into the trimming in a second. But that's just showing you the difference between picking one up at like uh, Sam's or Costco versus just ordering one done from uh, from Haltman. Yeah. So you know the what you're paying for the fifteen to eighteen pound brisket is what you're actually going to be getting if you just order the twelve pound brisket from from Haltman. And,
2: and that's home. my number one. Like when people ask me like what are some tips about brisket, that is the Number one thing I say, get prime. Mm -hmm. Don't get choice, get prime. That's that's the best takeaway.
1: Prime or better. And if you're feeding four or more people, you got to go with the 12 pounder. Yeah. You know, if if you're going with Haltzman, you got to go with Lays, the 14, 12 pound brisket. Which
0: we had a 12 pounder, right? Yeah. Uh, The four of us ate on it. And then my wife and mother in law stopped by uh, and they ate on it. And there's still a big hunk of beef left over. And, um, We'll, we'll, we'll get into how to cut it later and how, how, how to present it to people. But th- that's about what, you know, what it'll, at least six people with a if little bit of leftovers. If you're going
4: spend that much time on it, you
0: want leftovers. That's oh yeah. I to <laughs> say. Like you, we, Which we'll, we'll get into the storage and stuff later. Yeah. Uh, you know,
2: but in this particular cook, and we're going to talk about how we cooked it, but we had 18 hours into it, you know, and while it wasn't like babysitting it the entire time, you're, you know, that's a big chunk of your day that you have to be there for it. So like, I want some leftovers and the leftovers are some of the best things. So, mm-hmm. was, that eight, um, was that 18 hours? Yeah. Yeah, from 8 30 till one o'clock.
0: Let's wow. No, I'm sorry.
2: I said 18 hours. That's 16 and a half hours.
0: Well, it's still the rest time and stuff, but we'll, we'll, yep. we'll get into Absolutely. that. The, the next thing after you purchase it, you got to take it home and you got to trim this thing. Yep.
2: So, you got to prep it. So, you know, that's something that's very intimidating. You can watch tons of YouTube videos, all kinds of stuff like that. How much fat do you leave on?
1: A quarter inch. Yeah.
0: A quarter inch on the flat. Yes. Because uh, the, the, the brisket is comprised of two parts, the flat and the point. The flat is going to be the skinnier, flatter part. The point is going to be the part that's kind of uh, built up because there's a, um, you have your, um, um, what were the names of those two muscles there? They're, they're, they're both your pectoral, on the cow, it's both the pectoral muscles. You have the. Um, You're the meat made easy guy, not me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm blanking on the term. It's the. Um, w- it's w- the cow's boot The lat. No, no, no. So, so you have like the superficial, and then the um, the the one underneath. Um, Come on, nurse, I don't know. nurse, nurse, Stacy. You know I don't know. Anyways, so it, it's- chest, it's, chest muscle. it's
4: Two muscles stuck
0: together. I don't, I don't know.
2: Packer. I don't know bovine. It's the
0: pectoral muscle on the cow, um, and then you have the one, um, you know, the one on the outside and the one on the inside, and that's how it would be placed on the cow. And so those are what you're looking at. Between those, you have a layer of fat called a decal. And then, um, I like to dig a little bit of that fat out of there when I'm trimming it, you know, just to give you an idea and then, um, trim off the rest of that cap there. You don't want to get all of the fat off the, you know, the brisket because that's fattest flavor, flavor. Yeah. but you, a brisket has a lot of fat yeah. on, on it. And that deckle fat
4: doesn't, what you're talking about the, yeah. between the two muscles yeah. doesn't render. Yeah. It's almost like a hard... Like, if you think waxy. about, like, a waxy candle that's cold mm-hmm. or something, it's almost like that material. So, yeah, I, I typically do the same. I'll dig it out. When I was doing competition barbecue, I even completely separated the two. Yeah. That way I could cook them different times and different temperatures. Mm-hmm. Oh. But, yeah, I wouldn't do that if I was so just So, how much fat off the point?
0: Well, and then another point of that. So, like, a corned beef brisket, that is the fat, or that, that is the flat separated from the point, and then they just um, pickle that part, and, and that's what corned beef is. Yeah.
2: Okay. So, how much fat off the point?
0: I
4: would take so the point has a lot more flat, excuse me, a lot more fat running through it yeah. than the flat does. So you can really take off almost all of the surface fat on the point. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to that fat cap on the flat itself, you want to leave about a quarter of an inch. Yeah, and, I've and, seen and that's videos. on top
0: of, on top you have a quarter inch. And then on bottom, you're going to have like silver skin. Clean all, all of that, that silver off. skin yes. off. It's not edible. If you order one from Halteman, they do all of this for you. Yeah. And um, I'll say like I've seen pictures of the one you did for Haltzman and the one we got today when you unwrapped it. It is so beautiful because they know what they're doing. Their their knife strokes are super clean. Yeah. They get everything off there. It was
1: it's one of them I don't think I I pride myself on my butchering and I don't think I could have cleaned. The one we did today—it just effect. takes a lot of patience. I
4: think it's mm-hmm. something that you can't really rush through.
1: Yeah,
2: no, it doesn't. So, like, so the top's got the fat on there, and you get the fat on the flat, like a quarter inch thick. Yep, a little bit more so on the point, and then you flip it over. You no, want to be no, able to see the meat
0: less so on the point. You you want to trim more off the point. That's than what you I'm do saying. You want yeah. less fat yeah.
2: light left. So you flip that whole chunk of meat over the underside where you said the silver skin was. You want to you basically want to see all bare meat at that point.
0: Yep, yep. and and then um after you get the top and the bottom, uh, you're going to want to trim around all the sides uh, because wherever that meat was in contact with the uh, the seal package that it was in, the juices It'll and stuff, like it's going to gray. You want to get rid of all of that crap and you don't want any scraggly pieces hanging off because they're going to burn in the smoker. Yep. So it's better just to trim all that yeah. stuff off. The gray meat, throw that away. Um, if you trim off any scraps, you can save that if you make your own burger meat, if you make your own sausage. Keep that fat to uh, render down to tallow. All this stuff has uses just not cooking it in the smoker.
2: So you're saying when you say trim up the sides, are you saying like square when you out. see people square up mm-hmm. the brisket? So on the flat side, I wouldn't you're going to
0: square take... it. I would round out the corner so that smoke yeah. can flow over it nicely. But not yes.
2: square, but you squ- the flat side, you square off at the back. And, mm-hmm. and then it almost kind of looks like an arrow. You're going to square off just the angles. You're going to follow mm-hmm. the angles of the point and then yeah. square off and, to nice. And, and then it's going to accept the smoke better. W-
0: we're kind of talking about it backwards, but I would actually square up the edges first so I could see how thick the fat layer is on the flat. Yeah. And then I would trim that down to that quarter inch um, and then work on that deckle point and then flip it over and work on that whole bottom side. That's kind of how I do it. Sides, top, bottom. The big thing about
4: when you're shaping the outside of the brisket, it's to think through how the smoke is going to flow over or around it. So a lot of that has to do with the kind of cooker that you're going to be putting it into. Like if you go and look at, Aaron Franklin's trimming videos uh, on YouTube, which is a great resource. I would encourage anybody who's trying to learn to trim a brisket, go look up Aaron Franklin brisket trimming, and there's a ton of stuff out there. But his stuff is all designed very specifically for an offset smoker, where the smoke is coming in from the firebox on the right, flowing across the top of the brisket, and then out the smokestack on the left side. So when you've got Airflow and smoke coming across the top of the brisket. The shape and aerodynamic properties of the brisket itself becomes very important. What, especially yes. when it's something that takes twelve to fourteen hours to cook.
0: What? Hang on. And a so minute. and so, you have to think about how you're shaping your brisket when you're using a pellet smoker. The smoke is coming straight from the bottom around the brisket and then back up to the top, yep. opposed to over the to- over the side of the brisket and I through have the smoker.
1: Never heard of this. Yeah. So, at all. So the, fl- like, aer- the, aerodynamic smoking. Yes. So, 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 <laughs> we, heard this. This,
0: so we've kind of covered trimming and this is going to lead into the next point of like how you season your brisket. And now this is something people can kind of go crazy with. Um, when you have a very aerodynamic smoker like Aaron Franklin's big thousand gallon smoker where the smoke is flowing p- past the uh, brisket at a high rate of speed because there's so much draw on them. Um, they only use salt and pepper um, for their rub down that down in Texas because they're getting so much flavor from the smoke because that smoke is pouring past the brisket constantly. Mm-hmm. It's, developing. it's like a convection oven. Yes. It's
4: a convection oven with smoke flowing through. Yeah,
0: And, and that smoke is keep flowing and and um it keeps getting new smoke on it constantly because it's moving so much whereas with a pellet smoker the like it's stabilizing the temperature and then as the temperature drops, it'll dump a little smoke in. It'll go a little high, and then it'll drop back down. Yeah, so it's it not its not a constant smoke that it's getting on there. Right. It's constant temperature, but not constant smoke. So um, a little bit more of a complex rub, like the Reload Rub Magnum, that has onion and garlic and red pepper flakes, really helps develop that bark flavor on it okay. and why a it's more good. a more stagnant smoke.
2: Why I think it's good for brisket is it's really coarse and chunky, so you mm-hmm. can really load it on there thick you don't want to see the meat you load it on there thick it creates a nice crust a nice bark but it has that coarse kosher salt it's got cracked mm-hmm. black pepper uh, the chili flakes the dehydrated onion the dehydrated garlic um and that's what we used we coated that on there heavy now question is are we setting out our brisket to come to room temp prior to throwing it on the smoker or straight from the refrigerator is it going into the smoker
0: I like to use it kind of cold out of the refrigerator. Um, I think it helps develop a better smoke ring as the uh, the globins in the blood, which is what makes your blood red. As the smoke penetrates, those those stay red, but as the meat comes above um, 145 degrees, those get cooked out, and that's why meat is gray when it's cooked to higher temperatures. But if you want a really nice smoke ring, if it stays colder so this, as the smoke penetrates, that's what helps develop that really nice smoke ring. Um, Plus, and, you're cooking it and slow. It's an extremely long cook, so it's... It's not like a steak where you, where you want it to be close to 40, 50 degrees as opposed to like the 30 degrees inside the, inside the refrigerator. Yeah.
4: And um, so like the one you guys did, I think you're a little worried because it was still a little bit frozen in the middle. And I was like, put it on the smoker. It'll yep. thaw in there. And yeah, that's yeah. just fine. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're talking about – so usually when I'm doing them at home, I want it as cold as I can get it because that makes it easier to trim. That fat's Mm -hmm. a lot easier to handle when it's good and cold. Mm -hmm. If you start letting that come up to room temp, it gets kind of slimy, Mm -hmm. starts wanting to come apart on you. Your blade doesn't want to cut through it as easy. So usually mine's still pretty good and cold by the time I put it on the smoker.
0: And then um, if you're really thinking about it beforehand, uh, about an hour before you want to trim it, you can pop it in the freezer for about an hour so the very outside gets very, very cold. Because as soon as that that fat hits room temperature, it's going to start
1: melting and be a pain in the butt to trim.
2: All right, so back to seasonings. All right, we've got it out straight from the refrigerator. Hang it's on. cold.
1: One second. I want to I want to dial back real quick. I want to make a point on whether it needs to be room temperature or cold. A lot of people, when you're doing steaks, you want the steak to get up to room temp. Yep. But when you're smoking something, especially like a brisket, low and a slow. Slow
2: process. It's
1: not like you're throwing that on a hot grill grate. Right, so yep. you're not you're not shocking the meat. So this is why you can do such a thing versus uh, a steak that you want to do. This freaking motorcycle's pissing me off.
0: <laughs> I love it. It's he's beautiful got, ambient noise. He's got a whole
1: damn neighborhood to be running around in anyways. But that's, um, that's I ate a lot about. of
0: brisket, and so I'd love to take a nap right now. So to me, it's like a white noise machine. Oh, Lulling I don't even me to hear slit. it. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, moving All right, where on. are we at, Stace? Moving on. Okay,
2: so we're pulling it out of the refrigerator, and we're gonna season it. Do we use a binder? What does everybody do? Or do we put seasoning straight on?
0: I do not
4: use a binder. We don't either. I don't either. No. Okay, so we're coating but that
2: seasoning all over it. What would, are your, what's your go-to?
4: I would suggest, so I've gotten, this is something I've talked a little bit about on Instagram. I'm still in search for the perfect bark. Like, what is the recipe for the perfect bark? Um, I what's think the, the that, perfect bark to you? Oh, you know it when you see it. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. Hard. It's I know crispy. Uh, I would say today's bark was very strong. I mean, as far as like bark goes on a homemade uh, brisket, today was right up there, at least like in the top two or three. Uh, but I think that to really develop a bark correctly, you've got to have a ton of time. And then I think that you need a combination of a fine rub and a coarse rub. Because the coarse rub, the fine rub is going to give you that flavor. The yeah. coarse rub is going to give you that crunch. And yes. so what I want to do, I haven't actually tried this yet, but the next time I do a brisket, my plan is to do a layer of fully loaded.
2: I was going to say that.
4: with, And then let it really sweat and tack up on the top of the brisket. Yeah. And then do a layer of magnum on top of that.
2: I think that's fantastic because the first brisket we've ever cooked, we coated fully loaded all over it, and the flavor was banging. Mm, yeah, I'm talking really banging. So it was more than just a crust. Yeah, it was just excellent flavor up and there. You what get we did texture
4: from the Magnum. Yeah,
2: what we did today, we had excellent bark because we used straight Magnum. But I think that's a really good um, strategy. So that's
4: my plan. Next time I get a good brisket, that's my that's what I'm going to do.
0: And then what what cooker are you going to cook that on?
4: It just depends. If I had an offset smoker, I'd probably want to. Do that, which maybe sometime in the future. it's I'm easing the wife into that again. (laughs) But with something so low and slow, you can't beat a pellet cooker.
1: We need to make one.
4: We need to make an offset smoker. Let's do it, man. Only only
1: a
0: 500-gallon tank. I can make
4: one. A propane tank offset smoker. I am
0: all about that. We got the welder and the cutter. I think that's why you're not getting that bark that you're you're so searching for. Because the airflow... It's just in so one of different. those, it's so different. And that's what they're using in Texas. And that's why they have that bark because the way the air, air is air just is constantly drying, drying out. that yeah. outside out, you can't beat that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I guess that, that makes a lot of sense because in the pellet smoker, you're getting that. That constant radiating heat
4: it, and, and it's temperature and it's, control, it's but not moving. Cycling yes. smoke, yeah. it cycles heat and it cycles that fire pot just like your internal oven does in your house. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't stay on constantly. No. So that's the difference in a true offset smoker. All yeah.
2: right, so that kind of handles the prep work for it. Um, let's take a break when we get back. We're gonna go into how to cook it, all the mechanisms of the cook itself. Stay tuned. <laughs>
1: All right, guys, so we are back from the break. We're going to run straight into cooking temps and times for a brisket. This is something that's been way up in the air for a lot of people. It's almost like Russian roulette with the time on a brisket. Um, from our experience, me and Stacy, it's almost been like an hour per pound, or maybe a little bit longer. Um, but some people, like my neighbor, he cooked a brisket straight from Halteman, Same, you know, same cut of beef, mm-hmm. not the exact same, but you know, same, come from the he same place. He ordered it from Halteman Family Meats. He ordered it from there, and his brisket took six hours. Six hours. What temp was he cooking at? So
2: he cooked at 250. (laughs) (laughs) His temp was 250 degrees, but he allowed the meat to come up to more uh, ambient temperature. Uh, So it wasn't cold in the middle. It wasn't Mm -hmm. cold in the middle. Now, that's the thing is like I get asked all the time. Okay, what temperature and how long to cook the brisket? You cannot cook a brisket to time. I can't tell you cook it for 10 hours and then pull yeah, it. Yeah, it's all just it a roundabouts. Six it is. hours, Like most of our briskets have taken 12 to 14 hours. Today's I, cook, 16 and a half hours. I'm sorry. I,
0: I would say if if you're trying to estimate times and stuff though, it's better to have a long rest afterwards than to yeah. have your guests waiting. Yeah. I would Amen. rather have a six hour rest time than have my guests waiting for two hours, you know? I agree. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah, because we actually, and we'll talk later about the wrapping, but we wrapped at 4.30 this morning, and it was a whole almost eight and a half more hours from 160, 165 degrees to reach the uh, desired temp of 202.
1: Well, see, he, so that's
2: a long stretch.
1: He started at 250 for the first four hours. He was seven hour cook. First four hours, 250, then he drops at 225 for the last three. Did he wrap? No. Yes, he did wrap, yes. In foil. He wrapped in foil. Uh,
0: Foil speeds up the process quite a bit. Yeah,
1: Uh, because it holds all that steam in better. um, Yeah.
0: Before we um, get too deep into temperatures, are we talking about what we're cooking on?
2: We can.
1: Yeah, that's fine. So what we cooked our brisket on today was a Camp Chef pellet grill.
2: Mm -hmm. Yep, the woodwind Mm -hmm. Wi-Fi.
1: I can't remember which number it is.
0: Um, But you can also achieve very similar methods in charcoal smokers, offset smokers, stick burners, um, big green eggs, Kamado Joes, anything like that. You can achieve all of these similar results. Um, they're all going to cook a little bit differently. Like we talked, the uh, the stick burners, the large offsets have more flow to them. So you're getting a lot more fresh smoke over your meat constantly. Whereas, um, you know, a big green egg or a pellet smoker is going to come from the bottom. But the egg has the charcoal flavor versus the pellet flavors. They're all small differences, but you're going to achieve similar results using similar temperatures.
2: Yeah, I was actually going to ask that, you know, like say I, we've never done it. We've always cooked it on one of our Camp Chef pellet grills. But like a Weber kettle, can you cook? A brisket on something like
0: that. Yeah, you can use like a snake method, or or you, method, or you yeah. can use like a slow and sear, which is like a little um, a trough off to the side to hold the charcoal. Now, um, a kettle and a egg, a kettle, a kettle and an <laughs> egg, uh, they both work off smoldering, so um, depriving the uh, charcoal of oxygen. So with those, you're gonna want to watch your bark development over time because um, if if you ever heard the term too much smoke on something, yeah, that really um, applies to uh, smokers that are using that smoldering method because yeah. if you get too much of that smoldering smoke onto your fire um, Bitter. Yeah, pack, of, pack so, of cigarettes yeah. so like with a uh, pellet grill which is constantly burning new pellets as they're being pushed in and then with a um, with an offset which is constantly flowing over and you're adding new wood to it, um, you're, you're not really going to run into that issue as much
1: mm-hmm. yeah, so the charcoal so we all talk about the snake method, something I've never done is that, do you let, is it, so you don't let the charcoal gray? You start it you on know, one end? What you,
4: you line your charcoal briquettes up all the way around the outside perimeter, and then you light one end, and they just snake all the way around. So okay. they catch the next one,
1: so the you, next one, and the next one. So you don't get, because some of my experience with charcoal, you, that fresh charcoal burn, leaves kind of a really strong Yeah, don't use
4: match light.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no way.
0: That's what I'm talking about with that smoldering burn. You're getting that new light of the charcoal instead of like with a stick burner or an offset where you can put already lit coals in there and you can build down a coal bed and get that that, that wood flowing
1: through there. I would imagine that would be kind of an off-putting flavor. Too
0: much of it can be an off-putting flavor. That's why you need to be careful about where you wrap. I got gotcha. you.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. so what is your preference on like cook temp? What do you set in your smoker to?
0: I've always done um, – so my very first smoker <laughs> – Jeremy's only has one temperature. <laughs> my very first smoker was a pit barrel, and those were at 275, and that's what I cooked that for a very long time. Um, I was telling Matt earlier, the next brisket I do, I want to use the method he used for his last brisket. So what temperature were you using there?
4: So I, I ran mine for a total of 24 hours. Uh, I did 180 for the first 12 hours on my pellet cooker, and that was just really the quest for the perfect bark. I was yeah. going to try to give it as much – good smoke as possible. So for the first 12 hours, 180, and then I put it on a uh, sheet pan and put it in my oven inside at 225, no wrap or anything. 225? Yeah. Okay. So 180, 225, and let it coast all the way up to 202. So
1: how long did you do it 184? 180 for
4: 12 hours, and then 225 for 12 hours. And you and did until not it like, wrap, wrap? No at wrap all. at all. No
0: wrap. <laughs> and then how long did you rest that after it came to the temperature you were looking for?
4: So I ended up, it ended up finishing up uh, I did the second twelve hours while I was sleeping, mm-hmm. so it was running in the in inside stove overnight. Uh, I ended up resting it for like six hours because it was from the time that I woke up, I got it out, started resting, and I ate it for lunch that day. So,
2: how did you rest it since you didn't have it wrapped?
4: You I, know, I put it down in a cooler with some towels and made a big mess. <laughs> did
2: you, yeah, okay. Yeah. You
3: didn't
0: just and turn the oven off paper. and let
4: it roll. No, no, I, that would have been a good idea too. I, I just didn't think of it. Why didn't Why didn't you just
1: keep it in the and the, tr- the pell smoker.
4: Because it was just uh, fuel. Yeah. Uh, just unnecessarily burning through a ton of fuel at that point. And that's point.
1: because uh, once you hit about 160 degrees, it's, it's, taking the smoke. it's, it's not going to accept it all it's, it's going to yeah. accept. So yeah. That's
0: the point so of the
2: wrap at that point.
0: N- now we're getting to the wrap.
2: Uh, yeah. We're not there yet. What are we at? Um, so... Obviously, there's a variation in time that it takes to reach desired temperature. Um, what is the desired finished temperature that you guys are searching for? Well, the
0: wrap comes before the finished temperature.
2: I know, but I've got more to talk about. With what? You just let me do my run show. The- <laughs> daughter, run the show, <laughs> man. <laughs> That's question. The,
0: the, there are a lot of factors. Because to what... a
2: lot of people set up their t- like their thermometers to, you know.
0: So so th- there's a lot more to it than just a finished temperature. And there's a lot more to it than a wrapping temperature. So which one of those do you want to go into first?
2: I just wanted a quick answer. All there's, right. There's no quick just cut answer. cut all this out. Okay. No, 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 out no, no, no. Don't cut it out. No, no, there's, no. There's
0: so much that's confusing about this, and people should know that it is a confusing topic. Well, we'll get and to, there's to that so then much when we to talk it. the
2: wrap then, if you, if you guys are going to be difficult about this. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> when you're putting it into the smoker, do you put it in fat up or fat down?
1: Fat down.
4: Always put the fat facing the heat. So it depends on the smoker.
1: On a brisket. Because there we do, there is like some
0: put the fat facing the heat, and it depends on uh, like like I've actually come around to Matt's way of thinking on this. And yeah. you always you always point the fat towards the heat. In a pellet smoker, the heat's coming from the bottom. In an offset smoker, the heat's coming from the side. So you would face the point, the big fatty side, mm-hmm. towards the heat, and then it would roll through.
1: Now, okay, I'm not I'm not gonna rabbit hole in the butts. Anyways, raw brisket on so, the butts. Yeah, like a Boston butt, rabbit hole in the butt. Yeah, <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes. I always put the generally fat side down. Okay, generally what I'm doing.
2: That's what we did. Fat side yeah. down. Mm-hmm. All right, you got to put a probe in. Where are you putting the probe? There's a big, thick point, and there's a thin uh, flat.
0: That's what the alien said.
2: Before you put it on the smoker, <laughs> where, are where are you, you putting, putting your probe? the probe? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you know. <laughs>
2: Hold on. Can we go like
0: a little rabbit hole here? Yeah. Uh, Matt and I have both been watching Umbrella Academy. Yeah. yeah. And they're- Any uh, good? Season two. It's very good. And um, they meet this one guy. The guy thinks they're aliens. And he's like- why are you always putting the probes in the butt? Yeah, what's up with yeah. that? <laughs> Why are you always put them in the butts? He wants to know. Cause it <laughs> feels good. All, All right. right, back to brisket. Back to the bri- the yeah,
1: fair. brisket probing. Joel,
2: where are we putting the probe?
1: So I uh, today we so we've done a total of three briskets in our yep. bar- barbecue lifetime, and everyone has been killer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the days was was good. Um, it
2: wasn't as moist. It, was,
1: it did not have a marsh. It ravel. was.
2: I mean, it was more towards the center, but the ends were
1: so. I as moist. I just. Um, I think on the other ones we did it correctly, but on this one I stuck it right in the point, the thickest part, because mm-hmm. my brain was going, "That's the thickest part. When this yep. is done, the rest of the brisket is done." Kind of like a pork butt.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, and you guys, when we, when we started cutting on it, we noticed hmm, that's a little. Might be a little dry there on the end. On on the flat, yes. Although it still tasted delicious. Um,
2: I couldn't even grab the end pieces without it like Just falling apart. And that's a
0: sign of overcooking.
1: But that's the thing is what you guys said, put the probe in the flat.
4: If you only have one probe, I think in an ideal setup, you've got a probe in the flat and a probe in the point. Because yeah.
1: I, ha- I had the thickest part directly over the heat source in the smoker mm-hmm. and the flat off to the side. But there's a considerable difference in thickness of the meat on there. So, thickness
4: of the meat and fat content. That's it, the big thing.
1: So here's my question. If the flat, if we we're going just off the flat, mm-hmm. the flat's done, ready to rock and roll. The point's not going to be ready. Right. If I wasn't going to make burn ends yep. out of it, is it ready to consume? Is it going to be texture-wise as good as the flat? Or do I need to slice that off and let that roll longer?
0: So, Matt's talked before about in competition, he separated the two to get that perfect doneness. Yeah. I don't think that's necessary at home. Yeah. But I think... One factor that's really going to help out in getting the uh, point to come up to the same temperature as the flat, let's say the um, the flat is at 202 degrees, you're ready to pull it, it's probe tender, it's showing all the signs of being done, the point may be um, uh, 15 degrees You know, before that. It might be at 185, 190, 180, somewhere, yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah. This is where I think... Resting for an appropriate amount of time, resting ah, for four to six hours, okay. yeah, yeah, allowing yeah. that meat to hang out in that 180, 190 range and bringing the meat down as slowly as you brought it up. So letting it rest until, you know, even leaving the probes in so you can monitor the rest. Yeah. Put uh, You know, if, if you have it wrapped up, wrap it in a towel, put it in a cooler, set it on a tray pan so it's easy to get in and out. Um but letting it rest for that appropriate amount of time so you can watch it come down slowly in temperature and hanging out at that high temperature is still going to help render that fat in there.
1: You know, yeah. and I and I don't even know if you need to monitor, this is me personally, monitor the actual temperature. I think if you let it go, like you said, for two to six hours at least, mm-hmm. minimum, um, in between that time, okay. Take it wrapped in foil, take it wrapped in the butcher paper, lay in a cooler, stack towels on top of it, close that sucker up, don't open it. I think if you give it that appropriate time, it's going to be good.
0: Yeah, yeah. and, and the, the kind of the, the tell there would be the bigger the brisket, the longer you cook it, the more rest time you need. You got a 26-pound brisket that took you 30 hours to cook? 26 pounds? Oh, you can get a 35 pound brisket. I mean, you can get massive brisket. There's the big they old are, um, big old
1: brahmas out there.
0: But if you have one that big, your rest time might be 12 hours. and that's where I say leave the probe in. Yeah. So that you can monitor that rest and you know exactly, all right, we hit like 140 is a great serving temperature. All right. It's at 150. We're going we're gonna to start eating it in 30 minutes or whatever. So you, you know, because every, as you guys know, every brisket is different. Some are going to cook faster. Some are going to cook slower. Some are going to do this. Some are going to do that. So having those probes in is just a way to measure a an actual number for repeatability. It doesn't mean that that brisket is done. It just means that you're at the same point you were at with the previous brisket.
1: Yeah. So my neighbor, he rested his brisket for seven hours yeah he put he set his oven for 170 degrees so it's not going to get above that yeah you know um it's just a
0: hot box at that point but he
1: he left it in there for seven hours he said it was money of course we didn't try it or anything but he said it was money
0: that's what i was asking about yours matt because you were running at 225 when you did that one you could have just shut your oven on off cracked it a little bit so some of that heat could have escaped and then closed it off and it would have been the perfect environment for that brisket to slowly come back down to temperature, high moisture too, right? Exactly because everything's trapped in there. Yeah. What is your deal?
4: Next huh? time, man. It's every single time I do a brisket. <laughs> there's something I want to change for next time. And you I know would what I mean? say,
0: like a little tip: don't change too much from time to time. Yeah, that
4: way you can see the small the
0: changes, so you can make results that are better and better and better mm-hmm. each time. If you do something wildly different, and, but you want you love one thing and hate another, you don't know where that came from. So li- little adjustments every time. Uh. So
2: wrapping. I I would say there
3: are.
0: Joel, drop a beat. So I'd say there's three ways. We can wrap our briskets all day. Uh,
1: I did not know that's where you were going with that.
0: I knew. I was like, oh, you missed it. Sorry, dude. So I would say there's three ways no wrap, butcher paper, foil. Yep. Um, I would say I probably the most common for at-home people is going to be foil. And the advantages of foil is it keeps all the moisture in, so your brisket's going to stay a little bit more a little bit more moist because you're sealing it up. Um, it's going to speed up the cook at the end because oil acts like a conveyor. Uh, foil acts like a convection oven inside there. No heat is escaping. It actually rises above the temperature of the smoker in there. Um, And so it's much faster. It's also known as the Texas Crutch because it's a little easier to use and uh, yields kind of uh, repeatable results. The next would be butcher paper, which is what we did today. I don't have a lot of experience with it, but from the stuff I've read and and the stuff I've watched, um, it's it's a more traditional way of doing it. It allows moisture to escape more readily so that you have a better bark development while also helping you to uh, finish off the brisket and not dry it out completely and then the last way would just be to let it ride and which is what Matt did with his most recent one which I think moving it to the oven at the end mm-hmm. probably helps with that moisture it's, it's still it's wrapped contained. it's just in it's a really in a bigger big wrap. container <laughs> but I would say like you're losing more moisture than you would with like butcher paper oh but yeah did you put and it on a
2: pan in the end yeah, or, it or directly on, a, on the rack it was
1: on a sheet
0: pan Okay, and so that the sheet pan was full of juice but By By I was gonna
1: ask you man if you had any overflow on the sheet pan
2: but
4: I, I didn't but it was a deep sheet pan
1: so today it was a
2: deep sheet
0: <laughs> <laughs> He was a, deep a real deep
1: sheet exactly okay um Today was the first time we'd ever use butcher paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've always been foil. We've
2: always
0: and done- you want to announce a Reload Rub branded butcher paper.
1: Coming I to you on reloadrub.com. Just kidding. Not not happening.
2: Uh, it's been requested.
1: Well, maybe one day. We're requesting it now.
2: Uh, anyways,
1: um <laughs> I will say the brick the bri- the, brisk- so the
2: foil wrapped ones had more moisture.
1: Well, the no, I, we overcooked this one. Now, Maybe. I don't think it was bad. I th- this no, it was, was
2: still phenomenal. Like, we I were think all was moaning. I it super
1: tasty. Uh, <laughs> Jer- yeah, go ahead. Thank you, sir. Um, Jeremy's wife and his mother-in-law came over, and they tried some, and they thought it was fantastic. Um, but it was the best bark we'd ever had
2: oh, it was good yeah.
0: bark flavorful um, bark i was concerned. jeremy was
2: like scraping the ends i said why are you getting the dry pieces he so said i want the bark you, you, you guys bark. made
0: sandwiches and i just wanted a plate of like brisket so i was getting all the little scraps that were left on there and stuff all the, the broke little off pieces. barky pieces that have been sitting at the bottom the whole time you oh, had a freaking yes. mountain
1: you had a mountain of crusties it was, i it was was ate like meat.
0: i ate like two pounds yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Easy. when i went to lift up that styrofoam plate i was, I was like, like holy
1: cheat <laughs> Some some
0: mistakes were made here.
1: <laughs> well, it's a good thing we're digesting with a nice so, pour of bourbon right
2: now. my question is, what would be the advantage of not wrapping? Like, why would you choose not wrapping versus wrapping? The
4: bark, right? Yeah, it's all about that bark. So, bark when life. you wrap it, it causes the bark to get a little soggy. Yeah. And even in butcher paper, butcher paper is better for it than foil, but it's still not the same as just not wrapping at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you wrap it up, it just doesn't have that crunch that you're looking for
2: yeah now jeremy you've always wrapped right
0: i always have and um i said i've said on the podcast already the next brisket i'm gonna do i'm gonna do matt's way um i think you're gonna do
2: oven or are you just gonna let it ride in the pellet smoker
0: um we'll see what happens uh where i am with uh fuel and and where if i want to go better or not temperature Uh, (laughs) now like when we're talking about like these three options um not none of them are bad options um it's like the old quote you come to a fork in the road you take it yeah you know th- these are not bad options. Any one of these you could do. It's just which route do you want to go down for the situation that you are in?
1: Yeah, and I was going to ask a question like with the uh, the wrapping. Um, you know they they say to wrap tight, right? Wrap very tight. Yep, as tight as you can get it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I was going to wonder like, <laughs> <That's 'cause, she laughs> said. Hey. hey, so if <laughs> 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 this is a good on that one. <laughs> But now the, uh, so if you're going to do a no wrap,
0: mm-hmm.
1: all right, um, that's exposed so it can dry out. Would it not, like, if you were to use, I understand with the with the aluminum foil because it's a metal, it condenses, it creates moisture. Um, but with the butcher's paper, would you not maybe want to wrap it a little loose or leave some mm-hmm. sort of vent to create air around it? Nope. Uh, you want to wrap it very tightly and then. Um, which I did. Wrap, which we, I, did. We, we wrapped You did. It as, yeah. You did.
0: And then, as the oils and everything leak out of it, it's going to help steal that in there. And that's what's going to create that packet of tight heat that helps keep it all together.
1: Okay. I'm just talking about for bark purposes, but yeah, go ahead. No,
0: no, the, the, the paper itself is a little bit breathable. It it doesn't hold like, like, like when you pick it up off the, off the smoker, you see where it's kind of dripped out of the butcher paper and everything, which a lot of pitmasters will actually use the old butcher paper to light the pits the next day because they're soaked in grease Ah, and that's what they use as their starter to start their pits.
4: Yeah. It's like a candle.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, it's freaking awesome, but. It allows some leakage to come through there, so you don't have as damp of an environment as you would if you wrapped it in foil.
1: Because that fat cap on ours that we did the day, it was stuck to the bottom of the butcher paper. Yeah, yeah. like because there was some solid caramelization that happened and,
0: and, in there. And that's what happens when you go back to the type of smoker we're using—direct heat from the bottom. So you're using that fat cap to protect the brisket itself. Yeah, it got hot. but but that got hotter than yeah. the rest of it.
2: caramelized right to that that butcher paper.
0: Um, Before we move on from wrapping, we need to know when you wrap.
2: Yep, that's what I was going to say. What temperature do you wrap at?
0: Tell us.
1: So
4: I have always done at the stall 165 if I'm going to wrap. But Jeremy, when we were talking between shows earlier... You mentioned that you had seen some tips on maybe to let mm-hmm. it go through the stall. So talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. So uh,
0: there's a YouTube channel, uh, Mad Scientist Barbecue. Um, he's, uh, he's He was out of California. I think he just recently moved. Uh, he has some really, really cool videos on just old school barbecue stuff. And what he does is he takes a scientific approach to each of these. So he does experiments and all sort of fun stuff. Um, it's a great channel. Check it out. But he just dropped a video 12 tips for a better brisket. I literally watched it last night. Wow. And he had a lot of really cool stuff on there. And he was talking about when you wrap a brisket, there's a number of factors you want to look at. Uh, One of them though is, uh, which made a lot of sense to me when he talked about this one was, when you hit the stall, what's happening is the meat is actually sweating and it's cooling itself down as it's cooking itself. So the internal temperature is not rising anymore because it's reached this weird stall where, where, where it's sweating and then, cooling itself and getting in the cycle. I always
2: wondered what happened there.
0: So what happens is is if if you wrap it before the stall or while it's in the stall, it's going to continue to um sweat. to sweat inside of that packet, then destroying your bark.
2: It's going to like almost like steam it.
0: Yes. So he recommended waiting until it hits like the 70 to 80ish range and it starts to shoot up again and then wrapping it so that you're not worried you're not worried about losing that bark. So that's one of the factors. And then I would say um, The other big factor you're looking for, you know, that 165 is a number to set on a probe so you know to go check the smoker. That's what that number is for me, that 165. So I check that and make sure
2: you've got good bark development
0: bark develop- that's exactly what I was going to say we, d- we did color, yeah, yeah th- you want to look it's at the color you mahogany. want that that rich mahogany color yeah. if you don't have that and you're at 165 you're not ready to wrap right you need that rich mahogany color you need the bark to be just about where you want it to be in the final product because once you wrap
1: you're not developing any more bark
2: I've even heard I some feel- big barbecuers say they don't even go by internal temperature they yeah. legit go by the color before they wrap I it- feel like
1: I'm at a and a and Jeremy is the speaker because he's standing up <laughs> he's standing we're all up.
0: looking up at him right now so Stacey and and they gave us the most uncomfortable ass chairs, so I, I have a standing mic. I have a Glen Cairn of bourbon, and hey. I am just having fun here. That's, so. right. That's um, right. Tell us, Lord. but no,
1: I was I was uh, when we when I came out at four this morning and checked on the brisket. I was um, I almost did not want to wrap it because the bark was so crunchy. Like I, we, I, but that's what you want. That's so beautiful about I, it. I know, but I was like, I'm going to wrap this thing and it's going to get soggy. Just mess it up. I'm, I, yeah. was like, I was like, I don't want to wrap this, but I did it just for the- What temperature were you at? One sixty-five.
0: And was it continuing to rise or was it oh, stalled out
1: there? Buddy, it was four in the morning. That it, beep it went off, when I got
0: up. And like you know, we're we're not getting paid to make brisket, so like some of it's going to come down to like when you yeah, get your ass yeah. out of bed. Exactly. <laughs> well, I will
1: say I, after I wrapped it and everything, it and when I finally settled back down to bed, it was at one seventy. So I think it was on the rise.
0: Yeah. So you you probably gone through the stall. The stall can be anywhere from like. 145 to 175. So you could have hit the stall earlier. Yeah. The thing is
1: though,
4: that's a little counter to some of the things that I had always heard which is that you wrap to help push through the stall. You know what I mean? You're wrapping it so that mm-hmm. it doesn't stall for so long. But I think but the but
1: difference is is what do you want? Do you want to finish right. the meat or do you right. want to get some badass bark? Yeah. yeah. and I'm and all so, about that bark. And so yeah, the
0: same thing, you did a 24-hour brisket with zero wrap yeah. and you're like, Stall be it stalled. It like, took longer. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even care about the stall. Right. And, and like, as long as you're not getting like that acrid smoke on there that you can sometimes get from like the slow, uh, smoldering charcoal, you're in good shape, mm-hmm. you know? And then like you moved it off the uh, smoker and yep. just into the oven where you're just getting clean heat on it and yeah. you didn't have to worry about that at all. Yeah, man.
2: All about that bark. About that bark. <laughs> no color. So. <laughs> <laughs>
4: No, that's going to be stuck in my head. Thanks yeah. a lot. <laughs> All right.
2: What's the honey hole cook temp? What are we cooking to?
0: 202. 202.
1: That's what I was screaming. No, no. T-
0: 203.
1: 203. Oh. 202.9. Oh. Again,
0: a temperature is just a number to telling you, telling you to go check the yeah, You need to go brisket. start
4: poking it at 202. That's one yeah, thing Jeremy. When, yeah.
2: That's what Jeremy said. He was like, feel what it feels like when you... Put the probe in. It Wants to so slide in like butter. So probe tender like is what you butter. want,
0: and, and and that's why a great thing like a thermal works thermopen, um, because you can poke it in there. You can check the temperature, but you can also feel it. You you want to feel like warm butter that you're pushing it into. What
2: are you if, pushing it into the point?
0: Everywhere, everywhere. Okay. Um, so um, at, at that point, we're about ready to pull. So I'm not really worried about the uh, the wrapping paper or the um or the uh, tin foil. But what you can do is you can push it straight into the point. Or, um, yeah, straighten to the point. Uh, Feel if it's probe tender or not. If it's not, wait 30 minutes, whatever. Come back. Put it through that same hole, but angle it in a different direction so you're not making a bunch of holes in your paper. Yeah, for
2: the moisture Um, to leak out.
1: Jeremy got a little uh, groovy with the point up there earlier with our thermal works.
2: In and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. It was ready to go.
0: Oh, yeah, this this is ready to go. Ah, yeah. Um, that single hole, um, and then testing it like five different times from a single hole. That's actually a tip from Harry Sue. Um, just reusing that same hole over and over. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, I've been doing that for 10 years.
2: <laughs> 11, actually. Get it? Uh-huh. Yeah, I do. Oh, okay. That's why I said 11. Okay. Um, oh, 11. So... Oh, I
1: thought you said I love it actually.
2: <laughs> I, I... I, so I thought you said, too. I mean, yeah. um, uh, so,
0: so what you're looking for is is you want that meat to be um, as soft as warm butter when you stick the probe into it, um, and that's just a weird thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> There's no way we're going to get through that without laughing. So let's move on okay,
3: to the next thing.
2: So controversially, there. you know, it depends on how long you want to rest <laughs> it. Like Jeremy said, like, you can finish way, it's better to finish way early and allow your meat to rest for hours. So, is it? I'm sorry.
4: I don't think it is better to finish oh, early and sorry. let your meat rest.
2: Oh, right. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, uh, we've um, just dev- so something that Joel and I always do, we always let hours. it rest yeah. at least an hour. I think the first two times we did it, we Woo. let it rest for two or two and a half hours.
0: Uh, we let it rest for what hour and a half, today, and a half today, something like that. And then um, you went to go cut it, and you're like, Oh, this is still hot to your hand. Oh, yeah, I it was think hot. because That's we didn't prob- let it rest long enough. It was 170 hungry, so. degrees. Yeah, 170. Um, so the danger zone for bacteria is uh, 40 to 140. Danger zone. No.
1: Um, you going to plug that in? <laughs> yeah. So if you can play that music
0: there. Yeah. Uh, so the danger zone for bacteria development is 40 degrees to 140 degrees Fahrenheit. So you don't want it to drop below 140 degrees for too long before you start serving it. So I'd say once it hits about 145 to 140, start serving it. And that is a great temperature. Um, so you're not burning your mouth and it's not like freezing cold or anything. Yeah. Uh, that's where you want it. And if you can slowly bring it down over over a four to six hour period, that that's even better.
2: How do you rest? You know, for, for us, I like we, to
0: lay we, in my bed uh, with a pillow under my head. <laughs>
2: um. But for us, it's easy to say, let, let it rest. But what does that really mean? For someone that's really getting into barbecue, like, how do you let it rest? What are some of the methods?
1: That's exactly what it says it is. I mean, it's, it's like we talked about earlier. It's,
2: well, some people wrap you, it in a towel in and put I it in a cooler. That. Some people set it in the oven at think, 170 well, degrees. Some I people th- s-
1: think if you're keeping it in, in a vessel- like even even if you're leaving it in the smoker, you shut the smoker down and you let the, and I, I, I'll I'll say that with a pellet smoker because that's all I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're leaving, you shut
0: it, down a stick burner.
1: Yeah, even yeah, if yeah, you put just just the fire out, <laughs> dump a bucket of water on it.
0: <laughs> a bunch you, of ash yeah. goes <laughs> on your brisket. You've ah, got to be detailed. Beautiful.
2: You've got to be detailed because some people say, okay, let it rest. They're unwrapping it and they're sticking it on a cutting board. No, yeah. so when so I'll we say, say we're letting something rest for if, brisket.
0: If you have a wrapped brisket, you need to vent it. You need to open up that paper. You need to open up that foil and let that steam out, so you don't ruin your bark development. Because
1: I wouldn't have done that if you guys hadn't said yep. something.
0: Um, and then one of my my favorite way to rest, because uh, usually when I'm making barbecue, I'm not using my oven. Yeah. So I'll I'll leave the oven cold, put the brisket opened up on a sheet pan into the oven. And just let it rest in there because the oven is, is insulated. So the brisket's going to warm the inside. The moisture's going to spread out. And then uh, my... You co- vent the paper, you said? I vent. The the paper's vented. O- always vent. That's the very How first thing. How much of a vent? Just open it up, take a look at it. Okay. You know, and leave it open. Um I like to put it on a sheet tray in the oven, let it go in there. And then the big pro of that one is that your cooler does not smell like brisket the next day.
4: Yes. Yeah. I have one cooler that is just dedicated to for resting bait. barbecue. Yeah. yeah. Because mm-hmm. every time you yeah. open it, it smells like barbecue. Now, I know
2: some people just leave them wrapped up. They wrap it up with foil or they wrap it up with towels, just like I guess what you would do with mm-hmm. a uh, pork butt and then stick it in a cooler. But like you said, you're just, you still want to vent it. Yeah.
1: I had a, uh, a cooler that for a couple of years. Smelled like fully loaded because I brined an alligator. Inside. I remember that. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. I mean, like, you pop it open. Oof. I, remember. <laughs> I, mean, there's I a, remember. I remember. remember. I remember. I remember.
2: I mean, there's worse things it could have smelled like. All right. how It's really important how you slice a brisket.
0: Yes. And then? It is. What's the next one?
2: I was hoping someone would jump I thought in. you were having <laughs> a
0: seizure right then. No. So you always
4: start from the flat end, in my opinion. Always start from the flat end. Always against the grain, so you need to take a look at it, see which way the grain's going, and slice uh, against it. That way, that's going to make that uh, strips of the flat very tender. You can pull them apart. So yeah. what I like oh. recommend
2: is like having the point to the left side of your body, pointing to the left side. If you're right
1: handed, and yeah. then
2: the top corner start diagonally cutting. Yeah.
1: So you it, and it was pretty easy. You know, when, when when you're pulling it up there, when they say against the grain, that means you are chopping the lines. You can you, see the
0: striations pull. in the meat. Yes. And then chop. Um, you know, across yeah, them. chop them. Chomp yeah.
1: across them because that makes for a more tender bites. It's, you bite it's, with le- the it's letting the off. knife
0: do the work for you. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there's a couple ways. So you uh, you do the entire flat against the grain. You can separate the point and then cut it because the, the point and the uh, flat run in um, um, different directions than each yeah. other. So you can separate them, or I mean, you can just go straight through and keep cutting it um, because it's going to be very tender either way.
2: All right. You got a bunch of people coming over. What are you gonna serve with your brisket? How are you serving it? Texas bourbon. toast,
0: bourbon, butterball.
1: No,
0: uh, pickle, pickled thing, onions.
2: Yeah. my favorite thing pickled for brisket is pickled red onions. You think
1: capers would be good with brisket? Like if you were doing it, in a
0: they kind of bring that same like salty brininess. Yeah. If you were making a sandwich, you could put a couple capers on there
1: like and try it out.
0: Caper but, uh, mayo, maybe. maybe
1: yeah.
2: Oh good. yeah, yeah. I like uh, bread and butter pickles on my. Uh, that
0: that was too. so good
1: today.
2: Very very good, but definitely thick white bread like that Texas toast mm-hmm. quality. So the, the reason
0: like a pickled onion goes so well is because brisket is so fatty. The vinegar helps cleanse the palate between you know uh-huh. eating and it's stuff. It's a it's a yeah. very
2: rich buttery meat. So yeah, it definitely that's good with it. And we like to serve it with our double action mayo.
0: And yeah.
4: the the bread helps you like sop up any of that grease that stays on the tray mm. or on the on the
0: uh, plate. That's exactly what that. So that for. being
1: said, if you want to eat it open face, you want to have a big pile of two pound pile like Jeremy had.
0: If you want to eat it open face, or you just want to shove it in your face,
1: <laughs> <laughs> either way, um, I don't think there's any wrong way to eat a brisket. Okay, guys, let's take a break. When we get back, we're going to be jumping straight into rapid fire qu- questions with your man Jeremy. Nope.
2: Stacy with your lady Stacy sc- Record Scratch.
1: <laughs> Jeremy or Jer- shit. Stacy is taking over yep. for this one time.
2: Jeremy gets to answer the questions in the hot seat. Oh, Jer- that's gonna be crazy. Finally. Jeremy
1: has never been a part of the hot seat of rapid fire questions. Stacy's gonna bring it to him after the break. <laughs>
2: Okay, guys, it's your favorite part of the episode. It's the part where I ask all the questions. Your favorite segment. Much more favorite than Reload Recommends with Joel. So here we go. We are going to hit.
1: Rapid fire questions. I like that. You nailed it.
2: Um, Thank you. All right. We are going to, you know what? Jeremy's going first. Yeah. Ooh, We're going to say Jeremy, Follow. Matt, then Joel. That's okay. Right.
1: Everybody's put me last. What the hell?
2: First question. You, you were first last time. Oh, excuse me. All right. First question. What's your favorite thing in your closet right now?
1: Oh shit!
0: Favorite thing in my closet right now. I don't even know what's in my closet. Um, clothes. What are those? I guess. Um. Oh, barbecue athlete T-shirt.
2: Hey, that's a good answer. I like that. That's a good answer. Okay, Matt.
4: I think my barbecue athlete T-shirt's still dirty. Um, I, I I have a really nice leather bag that Julie got me, like a leather overnight bag that I'll have for my entire life. A
2: purse. A purse. It's not
4: a purse. It's a, it's like a little duffel.
2: Man a bag. Purse.
4: Nice. Hey, I've got a man purse too, so that's I'm cool. not I'm not ashamed. But
1: that's not what this is.
2: Joel, what's the favorite thing in the closet? I'll have
1: to say my Ariat boots. I think that's probably my favorite thing. It's in our closet right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do have a bottle of
1: Blanton's in there too Well, I ain't tried it yet My my shit kickers, let's have those
2: Okay, next question What movie have you seen the most? Like of all time?
0: Of all time Probably The Matrix Oh my god
1: Maybe the first Jurassic Park
2: I've seen that the most times
1: I love that movie Yeah, Yeah, I'd I'd watch it if it was
4: on TV right now I would too
2: Joel
1: The only thing that's popping in my head is Tropic Thunder <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> that that I'm a the dude. A lot, <laughs> <actually>. <laughs>
2: I'm a man
1: playing another man. I'm the man. I'm the dude playing the dude playing another dude.
2: Yeah. All right. Next question. Best TV show. Best TV show series of all time.
0: The Office. Next. <laughs> Bitch.
4: Did you ask? Did you ask these questions for Jeremy? No. I don't, I'm having trouble thinking. That,
1: they just have some synchronicity with all this rapid fire shit. Maybe. Best, wait, what was the question?
2: TV show series of all time.
1: I've got mine.
4: I'm gonna have to say Lost. I loved Lost. <laughs> <laughs> How was the ending? The, the ending was terrible, the, but exactly. That was great. Exactly. Yeah, the ending,
1: Blue Balls. Yeah, Breaking Bad. Yeah, best. Oh, that is
4: good. Uh,
2: that's a great series. You could not get
4: through the second season of that.
1: Well, that, that's you know, you were right at the cusp <laughs> when it was just about to blow up. I shouldn't have to watch two
4: seasons of garbage to get
2: it. Was not garbage, it wasn't garbage, it was a plot amazing. setup.
4: Uh, okay okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to argue about it.
2: <laughs> All right. What are two words to describe yourself as a teenager? Jeremy. That
1: setup is great. <laughs> the wheel, I have no clue. <laughs> the wheels are turning. <laughs>
0: I'm trying to think of two words. Wow. Um i pass. No, 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 no! I've got one. Salty fireworks.
2: <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> Do we get an explanation, or is this rapid fire? This is rapid fire. All right, move it on. It's not my rabbit hole.
4: <laughs> I would say for me, straight and narrow. I was, I was a good kid through and through. Didn't get in any trouble.
1: You
0: were straight edge, weren't you?
4: I, oh, I wasn't really emo, but yeah, if I was emo, I would have been straight edge.
1: Horny bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get voted biggest flirt in high school for no reason. Oh, really? Oh, Was man.
4: that the superlative you
2: got?
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Love, girls? How you doing? Oh, give me a hug. We'll squeeze
2: oh, hey, what's going on? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nothing's changed.
2: Next <laughs> question. What's the worst thing about prison?
0: Jeremy, from my time in prison, uh, let me think back <laughs> yeah. on that. I don't know. I've never been to prison. I've <laughs> never been to prison either. The butt sex. <laughs>
2: Okay, you guys missed she the Office quote. Said
0: the worst okay. thing, not the best thing. Oh, sorry,
2: you missed the Office <laughs> quote. The Dementors.
0: Oh, I think yeah. Okay, the Dementors. Yeah, the Dementors. The
2: Dementors. The office. Yeah, you guys failed. I
4: remember the episode now. us. This I feel this every week. This isn't anything new.
2: No. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> what store do you shop at the most?
0: Costco.
4: I was knew that's what you were gonna say. <laughs> I knew Jeremy's answer, but not mine. It's actually answer. Home
0: Depot, but for food stuff, Costco. Yeah. Maybe, all, I don't
1: know. Maybe Aldi. Royal King. <laughs> or Harbor Freight. The personal shopping, I guess. boring? Yeah. Really?
0: You're the one who wrote the question, so I know, Ama- I know. don't shit on the answers. Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon,
4: Amazon for sure, <laughs> if that's an answer.
2: If Amazon counts. And
4: truthfully, I don't even really go to Aldi anymore. We do all of our orders grocery pickup or delivery, so.
2: hmm all right. If you had to buy something for the person to your right, what would it be? This guy?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Go buy me Big jar of lube.
2: Matt, what are you buying Jeremy?
0: Uh, it'd have to
4: be some some good allocated bourbon.
2: Oh, I'd appreciate that. Yeah. What'd you buy me, honey?
1: Uh, ah. uh, shoes. Okay. No, no, no! I gotta specify some area boots, some, so, <laughs> some some workout or running shoes.
2: Okay, Do you like? Oh, you, are you saying something? <laughs> oh, what a hole. dug a grave. I had to go there. sorry. i had to do
1: She it. has like 18 pairs of workout shoes. I she love goes, them. Oh, I bought these last year and they just don't fit the same anymore. I need to guess the more, though. If
2: I needed a new pair, it would be those for sure. Yeah, a new running pair. Is that a, yeah, good, yeah, impression. Is that a new, new, good impression of you? A new pair of running shoes. No, what you, it was not.
1: Anything you want. How about that?
2: Oh, I like that. What is something <laughs> you can't do?
0: sit in that hard-ass chair for <laughs> hours on end because it hurts my ass so much.
2: Can you do a pull-up?
4: I can't fly.
0: We
1: did pull-ups earlier
0: when you were in Yeah, time. I
4: can't do that either. I said fly. I can't
2: okay. fly. Okay, you can't fly. Joel, what's something you can't do?
1: I physically cannot roll my tongue. That that right, right there, that, that tongue taco, I cannot do that.
2: Tongue taco! <laughs> oh, I like that. He can't do it. <laughs> Oh, it's even. Hilarious. You're trying to roll up it's the like tip of your tongue, tongue.
1: like
0: like use the sides of your mouth. You, have to to, squeeze it. you push it with your mouth. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't just do it with the tongue. It's not a tongue thing. It's it's, it's a mouth thing. You're just sticking your tongue straight out. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> this is like Creed trying to do the perfect cartwheel.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jeremy, what is your favorite dessert?
0: Either a chocolate soufflé or a creme brulee. A uh, peanut butter milkshake.
4: Oh, oh, oh,
1: oh, oh. oh, that's strong. I would say it's a toss-up between a good cobbler, the be between peach or blackberry, and banana pudding. Yeah, banana pudding, mm. solid number two for sure. Yeah, but but it, it has to be a good nanner pudding. Yeah. There's a lot of shitty n- nanners out there.
2: Okay, it's the last question. The question you've all been waiting for. The question that you're never prepared for. Is Reload Rub the greatest seasonings of all time?
0: Is this Glen Karen empty and in need of a refill?
2: (laughs) Yes, it is, sir.
0: (laughs) How difficult is that, guys? Yes, of course.
2: I don't have one. (laughs) (laughs) Am I unprepared for this question? (laughs) Hey!
0: That should be the go to
1: every
2: week. That's good.
1: All right, there you go. All right. Yes, what she said.
2: All right, that ends our second rapid fire. I'm going to toss it back over to Joel for Reload Recommends.
1: That's right, guys. It's time. It's time where everybody's pulling their phones out because they're looking for shit to recommend for this (laughs) segment because nobody was really prepared today.
0: I'm prepared. I'm prepared. I was. I was
1: getting my song pulled up. Uh Oh, well, very nice. Okay, well, it's time for reload of recommendations, recommendations, very
2: loud. Yeah. That was hands down the best one you've done. Did I
1: enunciate on that one? Yep. Uh, You enunciated. Uh, You
0: did. All right, good. I think more bourbon makes you more enunciated. You're
2: more proper.
1: I'm more proper. More bourbon, more
0: better. I'm more Bibb and Tucker. Bibb and Tucker is very good. Yes. Cheers to your anniversary. Gracias. Thank you, Osar.
1: All right. We're going to go in this order today. We're going to start with Stacy. We're going to go to Jeremy, slide it over to Matt, and then bring it over to me.
2: Okay. So what I'm recommending this week is something that I had uh, with my girlfriends. We had a brunch, and my friend made a breakfast charcuterie spread. And I thought, how genius is that? Baby, little baby pancakes. I saw that. Little sausage links. We had sausage balls. um, Fresh fruit. So the different spreads were maple syrup to drizzle. We had a a fluffy fruit spread. Nutella. Mm. Chocolate chips. Literally good. All the breakfast things. It was incredible. Some muffins were on there. Some French toast. Everything. You just put it on a big board and everybody did their pickings. And it was amazing. How simple is that?
1: It was simple, but... I will say that did look like a lot of work to put together. Um, Was it? No. I
0: can say those little silver dollar pancakes, what you do is you get a squeeze bottle. You put your um, ah. your your um, um, sauces in, and then you just get a hot cast iron, pop, 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 flip them over once, done, and you can make those faster than regular pancakes.
2: So good. Right on. So good. All what, right.
0: What you got, Jeremy? I have another Netflix TV show to share with you guys. Ooh. I just started watching this one. You guys are really going to like this one, actually. Cobra Kai.
1: Oh, want to watch that. We wanted to see it. I okay, wanted to, to
0: start so that tonight. Okay, so I think it started over well, on, on YouTube, like YouTube right? Red, yeah. and then yep. Netflix bought it. So there's two full seasons, which it's is all, genius. Because yes, who watches YouTube y- Red? Y- exactly. And so it's all the original characters from the original Karate Kid movie, and it's really good. Um, I'm
2: obsessed with the originals. Yeah.
0: So um, Danny uh, D- Danielson grows up. He's like a car dealership owner. He's like a, a, a rich guy. He's like the person he hated when he was younger, and then um, Johnny is growing up and he's kind of like a dirtbag and stuff and he uh, kind of turns out to be like this anti-hero throughout the first season. I'm almost done with the first season. There's two seasons on Netflix. I'm really excited to finish it but it's a lot of nostalgia but with great new stories. So And it's, it's-
2: funny too because uh, Johnny was in the Elite group, you know, like in Beverly Hills yes. area or so whatever. They're, they're
0: kind of switched places and uh, Daniel is kind of struggling with, you know, being that rich uppity person, uh, but, but he's still a good person at heart and then uh, Johnny's trying to get his life together and he's kind of the anti-hero of the place. So neither of them are really bad guys. It's a lot more nuanced than the original good guy, bad guy you know, fight and stuff. And they kind of talk about it in some of the episodes. He's like, oh, we used to fight. He's like, yeah, well, you stole my effing girlfriend. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> bitch.
2: <laughs> I want to watch that so bad.
0: It's really good. I've never seen Karate Kid.
2: Oh, my <laughs> <God>. That's <laughs> one Holy of my shit, favorite movies. Like, uh, the answer, like, what movie have you seen the most? No, I guarantee no. it was either Goonies or Karate Kid. That's not possible. It's
0: possible? No. Hey, do, have
2: you seen the second Karate Kid, right? Oh, I've it's seen, seen Karate Kid
0: 1, 2, 3, the one with the girl, the and then the new one with uh, Jaden Smith or whatever. That would have sucked. Or whatever, Jackie yeah, Chan. Yeah. But kinda, yeah, I've
1: seen them all. I, I did kind of like the newest one with Jackie Chan. Will
0: the, you please? It wasn't. So it wasn't does it
1: hold up? Have you guys watched it recently?
2: Yes. I'm oh absolutely yeah. Is it good it.
4: because it's nostalgic, or is it good because it's good?
2: It's good because it's good.
0: So you have to keep in mind that like nowadays we have all those like karate videos of like the like the 400 pound guys with the black belt and he's like, you know, doing all the stupid <laughs> doing stuff, doing <laughs> goofy um, stuff. Yeah. You have to keep in mind like this is 80s when like karate first came over and it was actually like real karate. He's so keep to that teach in him mind. A book. But, yeah, um, it, it definitely holds up. Well, you just Top watched Top Gun. Because Top did Gun. not hold up. I mean, I, I, I Kids understood better. a lot of references
4: after that. Like, I know Wax On, Wax Off is from Karate Kid, right? Yeah. I have no idea what it's in reference to. Okay, but.
2: listen here right now. You, listen I, I, here, I you will Venmo here. you the money you to rent here. that tonight.
0: <laughs> so um <laughs> at one point in Cobra Kai, like um his student was like, Oh, what what, what was that fighting technique? What was it, MMA or Jiu-Jitsu or something? He's like, No, it's MMA. like old because like he gets in a fight. Like he's Oh, he's, this he's, is he, the more modern the, one. The, right? the more modern one. He's like, what, what was that fighting style? He's asking uh Johnny is who's going to be a sensei. And he's like, What was that fighting style? He's like, it's old school karate, is how he answers him and stuff. Okay. So, so think of it as like old school karate. Is it the same actors? Yes, same actors yeah. every time. Wow. So, you Yeah, watch it. yeah. Okay. they're old now. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Okay. I don't know. Maybe I'm convinced. We'll see. All right, Matt.
1: What you right, okay. What you recommend, him, bro? All
4: right. As always, I have a new a new song for everybody. So this week for Matt's music, I have a Prosper, Texas-based singer-songwriter named Tanner Usry, Usrey, U S R E Y. I firmly believe that uh, great country or folk songs tell a great story and this one fits the bill. So from 2019's album called Medicine Man, this is Beautiful
0: Lies. I'm telling me those beautiful lies. Go. No,
2: I won't beg you to stay. Go. No, not that you would any
0: But talk to me. Tell so, me uh,
4: like I, I, I said, tells a great song, a story. I encourage everybody to go to the playlist, check it out, listen from the beginning to the end, listen to the words. It's awesome.
1: I'm going to get drunk and cry to that song. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're halfway there already. <laughs> hey! <laughs>
2: I'll play Fortnite while you do that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll dance by myself in the living room. Yeah. All right, guys. So, this is time. It's the end. It's my turn. I want to recommend something, and this might seem a little, uh, you know, Whatever, But I want to recommend that everyone, please, 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 if you love to barbecue, if you love to cook, smoke, grill, any of that stuff, go check out our friends at Halteman Family Meats. Use code RELOAD. Get you a little discount on that jazz. Every single cut we've ever had from there has been f- spectacular and fantastic. And if, for some reason... Some of their prices are a little more than your grocery store. You're going to make up for that in the butcher shop experience that you get with Haltman Family Meats. And we place, the quality. We and place the quality. orders
2: a couple times a month. Yeah.
1: Personal. So everything is prepped. Everything is cleaned. Everything is ready for the grill, the smoker, however you want to cook it. So that's what I recommend. Go ahead and check out Haltman Family Meats. That being said, guys, if you liked what you've heard today and you want to hear some more about that, let us know. If you want us to do a brisket 102, uh, a follow-up to this one, talk about how we do leftovers or anything like that, let us know if you'd be wanting to hear something like that, and we will do it. We appreciate you guys. We love you all for, for listening and supporting us. Hit that subscribe button, guys. Do it. Do it right now so you can listen to that Reload podcast anytime, anywhere. Thank you guys. We'll see you on the next show.
2: See you next Tuesday.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Reload Rub and Seasoning. Head to ReloadRub.com to pick up the full arsenal of our delicious blends, perfect for amping up your next meal. No MSG, clean ingredients, and a portion of every sale is donated to Hungry Heroes, serving those who serve others. So head over to ReloadRub.com and order yours today. <laughs>
0: Look how hard it is. <laughs> I still didn't get any. I <laughs> I I it I <laughs> <laughs> you
4: need a nipple on the end of it. Do you have any nipples?
2: I don't. Mm. Darn. Shit. I mean I do. I have to. I mean I do, <laughs> but she <Shit. laughs> got, got nipples, you. can you milk me?
0: <laughs> Mechanisms.
2: Mechanisms. Mechanisms? Mechanisms. Mechanisms. <laughs>
1: Naked.
0: Ma- Nakedisms. Girl, we're girl, gonna get into the mekids. Girl, I wanna see you. I wanna Let's see you
1: mackered. I'll see you it later.
2: Were <laughs> <laughs> you on the other side? Were
0: you naked when you were pouring that bourbon? Probably. <laughs> in, the, in the raw. Mackered in the raw.
2: Naked <laughs> in think the raw. This is what I have to deal with.
0: <laughs> my
4: virgin
1: mouth. <laughs> Bye. Oh, my tailbone is freaking wrecked. Y'all
2: need yeah. a bigger ass. Oh. <laughs> That's the
1: problem.
2: You don't see me complaining.
1: I look up my shorts. <laughs> a
2: little more cushion.
0: <laughs> my short shorts. <laughs> Um, I saw this new thing. It's called a whiskey rock. Um, it's like a. Have you guys seen these before? They're like a smooth ri- uh, river stone. And what you do is you walk outside and you throw it up in the air. And then if it comes down and hits the ground, you drink whiskey.
4: Oh, so just any? It's just an excuse to drink whiskey. And you if don't.
0: you throw a no, rock, no, it's a whiskey rock. And <laughs> it has smart. a very specific purpose. If it doesn't fly it to heaven, if it doesn't come back down, then you don't drink whiskey. <laughs> but if it does come back down, you do drink whiskey. Oh, that's ah, good to know.
1: I need one of these.
0: <laughs> and I also heard another thing. Um, if you drink a lot of whiskey, um, it's not because you're a bad person. It's because it's a spirit, and you are very spiritual.
1: Ah. <sighs> Karen.
2: Glenn. Oh, Karen! Are we ready? <laughs>
0: Everybody shouting that out tonight.
2: Glenn, <laughs> Karen, Glenn. Glenn. <laughs>